0: this is the second in a series of sermons dealing with four questions of life last week i dealt with the question why and i dealt with it particularly in terms of the difficult events and circumstances that we sometimes face in life today i want to look at the question what particularly in terms of human identity. What does it mean to be a human being? Psalm 8 asks this question in terms of the magnificence of creation itself. But before I read it to you, I invite you to join me in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we behold the wonder of your creation, And so as we hear the words of the psalmist, we pray for your Holy Spirit. Enable these words to come alive in our hearing. Give us a better understanding of what we are and what you are calling us to be. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen to scripture as I read it to you from the psalm. O Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants you have found a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under your feet, all sheep and oxen, Also the beasts of the field, and the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. What? What are human beings... That you are mindful of them. What? In high school, my science teacher said that ultimately we human beings were just a combination of chemicals that was worth about $2. I think this was well before the concerns about student self-esteem. Well, there's been a little bit of inflation since then. And our more sophisticated chemistry has determined that, well, we contain some quite valuable chemicals in our bodies, so we might want to up that $2 to about $100. But is that what it means to be a human being? Is that what a human being is? A pile of chemicals arranged in a certain way? I suspect that anyone who holds a view similar to this believes that a painting by Rembrandt is only a $10 canvas with a couple dollars of paint splotched on it. It's absurd. We are more, much more, than the sum of our parts. To To be a human being is more than arms, legs, hands, eyes, hair. Are we less a human being If we had an organ removed, if we lose a finger in an accident, or for that matter, if we begin to lose our hair or cut it. Of course not. But what is a human being if we are more than the sum of our parts, even if we don't have them all? This is the what of life. We can ask that question in a host of different ways. What differentiates us from other creatures that God created? We feel special, don't we? But why? Is it because we can reason and because we can think? The latest developments in artificial intelligence challenge this notion. Because we're creating bots that can think and reason and control And lately, the biggest fear is that they will reason and think better than we can and that they will control us. Some have suggested that what sets human beings apart is that we're able to create and to use tools. But scientists are now discovering that crows can use tools and they even use reasoning and working together to accomplish tasks. Perhaps it's the ability to experience emotion and empathy that sets us apart. Well, my dog Benson might argue with that. And studies of elephants have also suggested that they are capable of being empathic beings. They have feelings and illustrate them. Is it the ability to create? and to use language to communicate with each other. Well, once again, scientists have discovered that dolphins have a highly developed language and are communicating with one another at a very sophisticated level. Is it our ability to form and nurture relationships that sets us apart? Geese and other species mate for life And, well, if you want to look at a society, just go outside and look at the prairie dogs. They've worked it out and get along fairly well. What does it mean to be human? What? Today, as a continuation of this sermon series, Four Questions of Life, I want to examine this question, what is a human being? It is behind much of our search for meaning and purpose. First, I'm going to look at the Hebrew Bible and how it addresses this question, particularly the psalm I just read to you. Second, I want to examine a section of Paul's letter to the Galatians because he expands on the Hebrew understanding of what a human being is, particularly when he writes about human freedom. And finally... I want to look at how we, you, me, how we in the 21st century continue to struggle with this question. What does it mean to be human? The first two verses of the fifth chapter of Genesis, Genesis sums up the creation story. When God created humankind, he made them in the likeness of God, male and female he created them we are created in the likeness of god other translations use the word image created in the image of god but what does that mean you know what does that say about us you know, does it mean we are in fact like god just like god Does it mean that we are different than the other animals and things in creation? Does that mean that, well, we can go around and act like a god? And then we read Psalm 8. And the tension of these questions suddenly rises. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars that you have established, what are human beings? that you are mindful of them. This is a question that comes from a sense of awe. What are we? What are we? There's so many precious moments that I've had as a parent. And one of them that I hold near and dear is lying on the lawn... With my five-year-old daughter on a summer evening and just looking at the stars she said come on out dad let's lay on our backs and look at the stars Well, for some reason lying there on the ground hearing the buzzing of insects <laughs> smelling the fresh cut grass and then beholding the heavens it had a magic to it it was calming it was soothing. But most of all, it inspired in me a sense of awe. And for just a moment, I felt so small. And we all need to feel that way. And not only that, everything I was worried about as a young minister seemed so insignificant when I beheld the creation above me. The universe that God created is immense. And lying there on the grass, beholding the heavens, engendered within me an experience of wonder. I encourage you, go do that this evening. In the words of the hymn, I was able to behold the world in awesome wonder. Now the scientists who measure the distance between the stars and to use amazing mathematical formulas to calculate the size of the universe tell us not only is the universe immense, but that it is actually expanding. It's getting larger. What are human beings that you are mindful of them? What are we? And then the psalmist acknowledges the mystery of creation. And yet you have made us a little lower than God, crowned us with glory and with honor. You have given us dominion over the works of your hands. And you have put all things under our feet. In this amazing song, this hymn of creation, the psalmist captured the baffling mystery of the what of life what are we we are so small minuscule in the great scheme of things and yet we can also acknowledge and understand how small we are we possess the minds to measure the distance of the heavens and yet we are still merely creatures One of the millions, I understand there's 3 million to 100 million different species created by the divine, and we are just one of those. That's the tension of life, and it goes to the heart of the question, what? What are we? What are we? And once we can acknowledge our creator being made in the image of God, And yet, we are also finite creatures, small and insignificant in the great scheme of things. We have dominion over creation, and yet that dominion is not subjugation or tyranny. It's not a carte blanche to exploit and destroy, no. We are stewards, caretakers of that which is not ours, but God's. Once again, we remember the words of the psalmist. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The divine holds the deed. The Apostle Paul raised the ante even higher. To be a human being made in the image of God, he declared, is to be in relationship with God. He wrote, in Christ Jesus, we are all children of God. Now this means that we were created for intimacy with the divine. It means that we were created by God for relationships. And though that purpose is often thwarted, it was restored in Christ. Not only with God, but with our fellow human beings. But Paul goes even further, which he often does. If we are children of God, then we are sisters and brothers. We're not only related to God, but to one another. And that all the barriers that we seem to build and create between ourselves and others, they're ultimately artificial, spurious, phony. He declared there's no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer slave or free. No longer male or female. No, for all of us are one in Christ Jesus. What is a human being? To be a human being is to be free. No one controls or has power over one another. They only think they do. No one has a right to enslave or manipulate each other. No. We were created for freedom in Christ and freedom to be in relationship with God and with each other. All of this sounds like wonderful platitudes. And sometimes that's just what preaching is freedom in Christ, image of God, children of the creator, dominion over creation. I think I hit all the buttons, didn't I? But really, Brent, what is a human being with all of this? I believe that it means that you and I live with tension. The 19th century philosopher Soren Kierkegaard labeled this tension the source of human angst anxiety. Human beings, you, me, we live with a tension that the rest of creation does not experience. Let me explain. We are first and foremost creatures made by the creator. None of us had a say in our creation. You know, none of us have control over our being, one day we realized we're here. And we can try and change the color of our hair, we can decorate our bodies with tattoos and with jewelry, but still, we were created. We owe our very existence to a power that is beyond ourselves, to God. And that's a fancy way of saying none of us are self-made. To be created also means that we are not God nor gods. To be created means that we are not the creator. To be created means that ultimately we are dependent upon the one who created us. We modern human beings enjoy the idea that perhaps we are independent. We enjoy the idea that We are somehow self-made, be it economic or otherwise. But the truth is, we are not. What are we? We are first and foremost creatures made, created by God. But the other half of the tension is that we are endowed with spirit. 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 You know, this is what Genesis and the psalmist spoke of when they wrote about being created in the image of God. The first creation story in Genesis stated that God created the human being, being and then breathed into his nostrils and he became a living being. The word for breath in Hebrew is ruach, also the word for wind but also the word for spirit. You see, we are not just chemicals. We are not just flesh and bones. We are also spirit. We were created as spiritual beings. What makes us a living being is the spirit that God has placed within us. And what is this spirit? Well, first and foremost, the spirit is the source of human freedom. It's what enables us to dream, to imagine, to think, and to reflect. It's an ability not only to think, but to think about how we think. How often do I think I was right about something, only to later on to realize, as I thought about it, that I was wrong? I hope my wife and daughter did not hear that. We have the ability to reflect upon our thinking and our actions. We have the ability to keep a history, a history that is independent of ourselves, a history that we can correct and judge. This is the gift that enables us to solve the problems of life it is also the foundation of morality because we can reflect upon our actions and we can assign them assign value to our behavior or lack of value thereof ultimately the human spirit is what binds us to one the one who created us and you know that's the rub <laughs> that's the rub because even though we are endowed with spirit we are still created Although we can imagine and we can conceive of the infinite and the eternal, we are still finite. It is a tension between these two aspects of humanity, our creatureliness and the spirit that was created and placed within us, that leads to anxiety and to our downfall. You see, at times we wish to deny our creatureliness, there are times we act like we are God. We literally supplant God in our lives. And this is what leads to tyranny. You know, this is what causes us to, dom- to abandon dominion and s- stewardship over the earth and to pursue the exploitation of it because it's mine. You know, this is at the root of enslavement of others, the abuse that takes place at all different levels within our society. You now this is what causes the wisdom to us to deny the wisdom of Paul when he said there's no difference between human beings. And yet and yet to paraphrase him the Greek subjects the Jew, males dominate women, and humans are still enslaved. When we deny our creatureliness our dependence upon the divine for our existence, we invite tyranny. But there's another side too, and that's to deny the spirit with which we are endowed. Now, this is when we're satisfied with being less than what we were created to be. Now, this is when we revel in being a creature, a mere animal, is when we deny responsibility and say, hey, it's just me, I'm an animal, I'm a lump of clay, I'll never amount to anything more. I'm just $2 worth of chemicals. We are that, but so much more. We are also created in the image of the divine. Today, when you look at others, realize that that they are also. What is a human being? What? I think we human beings are amazing and complex creations. We're created, thus finite, and we owe our being to the one who created us, and we are ultimately dependent upon God. But we're also endowed with spirit, Spirit that can gaze at the heavens with a sense of wonder and awe. Spirit that can solve the myriad problems that life presents. Spirit that reflects the image of the one who created us and enables us to see if we will but look at that image as it exists in others. Spirit that can discover and discern life's meaning. This is the tension with which we live. And for this reason, we live by grace. This is the good news. Amen.